and welcome to a brand new series of DisruptX, a virtual talk show conceptualized by Masonica. After our super successful revolution series, we are incredibly excited to kick off our impact series that will run for the next six months and focus on how technology is driving societal changes to build a more agile, inclusive, and sustainable world for the future generations. Every episode under the Impact series will focus on how technology is being leveraged for good across industries. For our first episode, we couldn't think of a more fitting topic than the future of agri-tech. With the world's population expected to touch the 10 billion mark in 2050, smart farming technologies are proving to be the answer to feed a hotter and more crowded world by maximizing production while minimizing negative impact on the environment. See agri-tech space. The Kingdom of Saudi Arabia's Sustainable Agricultural Rural Development Program is aimed to boost local production, processing, and marketing of fruits, fish, livestock, Arabic coffee, and cultivation of rain-fed crops. While Qatar's National Food Security Strategy aims to make the country 30% self-sufficient in red meat, 70% self-sufficient in eggs and greenhouse-produced vegetables, 95% self-sufficient in fresh fish, and 100% self-sufficient in fresh dairy products, poultry, and shrimp by 2023. In the UAE, Dubai is now reportedly home to the world's largest vertical farm called Emirates Crop One, or Eco One, a 30,000 square feet facility with a capacity to produce over 2 million pounds of leafy greens annually. On that, On that note, note, allow me to welcome, welcome our speaker for this episode, Nikita Patel, founder of Oasis Greens, one of UAE's newest local farms. A very warm welcome to DisruptX, Nikita. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure and looking forward to, to speaking more about um, what I love to do and love to talk about. Absolutely, such a pleasure to have you with us. Um, and you know exactly uh, that I'm gonna take as my uh, starting point. What really inspired you to set up a concept like Oasis Greens? And how are you taking hydroponic farming to the next level with your concept? Yeah, I'm sure. So um, it's interesting that everyone thinks hydroponics is a, a new concept. Actually, it dates back to, to centuries, but it's only become popularized um, off late. The, the way it came uh, into to my life is, you know, I, I've been born and raised uh, in Dubai myself. And um, even though living in a desert, my grandparents, who we lived with, loved to cultivate uh, fresh fruits and vegetables in our backyard. 
So uh, even though, you know, we live in a desert, we were able to grow everything from, you know, mangoes to watermelon to tomatoes. And growing up with that, I always valued uh, fresh produce. Now, the issue uh, in the region uh, because of the climate is that you can only grow um, a lot of the, the fresh uh, produce uh, effectively and cost effectively uh, for about 50% of the year. So um, kind of in, in, in 2017, so about five years ago, um, when, you know, there, there was uh, geopolitically, there were issues and all of a sudden food security became not just a, a theoretical concept. Um, it was kind of experienced by, by many of our neighbors firsthand. We, um, you know, I started thinking about, okay, if this is, uh, you know, if this is the case, how can we build and invest in uh, local local food production to make sure that you know here in the UAE we do have that that sense of food security and we do um, have the capabilities to feed the population um, you know should anything happen externally so that's when kind of the concept uh, came into mind and you know we did a lot of research a lot of development visited uh, farms and visited um, you know various uh, different types of, of controlled environment agriculture systems around the world to figure out what makes the most sense here in the UAE um, and that's when we stumbled upon hydroponics and specifically what we did is in early 2020 we built a a vertical, an indoor vertical hydroponics farm um, here in, in Jebel Ali. So 20 minutes from, you know, the heart of the city. So that's kind of our journey so far with, uh, with Oasis Greens. And that sounds amazing, you know, to be able to uh, not only make a real difference in the agri-tech space, but also somewhere be able to combine your passion and what you uh, grew up seeing. Um, and now that you're part of the uh, regional agri-tech landscape, I would uh, really like to touch upon how you see technology, regulations, and investments working together to enhance local food production, particularly in our region, which has uh, historically been very import-reliant. Yeah. So, I mean, um, I think the, the pandemic, the COVID pandemic was a wake up, a second wake up call to everybody. And um, that's when all of a sudden, you know, again, food security was no longer a theoretical issue. Everyone felt it, you know, on a day to day basis, practically worldwide, not just in the region. And so um, what's happened over the last um, few years um, that's really made hydroponics in particular, uh, indoor hydroponics um, become more and more popular, is that the, the, the cost of the technologies has uh, reduced. So, um, you know, as there's more and more adoption, there's more technology, te technological development with, uh, you know, various elements. An example is that we use uh, grow lights, so specific grow lights in order to actually um, grow the produce indoors uh, vertically. So the LED lights, the cost of those has reduced dramatically. So, you know, all of these, um, you know, technological advancements has reduced the unit cost of the technology, making, um, you know, the technologies more accessible uh, worldwide. So, uh, you know, technology has become more accessible in the space, but then also, like you said, uh, without the regulation um, and the, the, the acceptance of the, the local landscape, 
um, without without the support of the government, we couldn't do anything. So it's just um, been amazing that since you know we've started our farm, um, there has been you know a, a push and a promotion of and in the local as well as um, national authorities. Um, really supporting um, local food production and um, cultivation um, and everything from, you know, uh, the licensing side of things to, you know, supporting with uh, finding of talent and things like that as well. So the whole, because agriculture is such a nascent industry in the UAE, every single component, every single um, step in the, the chain to creating you know, a full, a full blown farm needs to be built from, you know, the, the, like you said, the, the regulation to the sourcing of inputs like seeds and, um, you know, and nutrients to getting the right talent, the labor. So all these, all these different components had to have to come together. And over time, we've even seen that it's become easier and easier here in the UAE. Um, and as a result, uh, the last component of what you mentioned is that investment is flowing into the region, into the specific uh, industry. So, um, you know, especially in the last year or so, we've seen tremendous, um, you know, funding of local UAE grown, homegrown companies um, in this space, which is extremely promising, not just for the UAE actually, but for the region at large. And so I, I truly believe this is, we're just on the precipice, we're just at the start. Um, of the, the controlled environment agriculture, um, so to speak, revolution. Um, and it's, it's really a necessity. It's really a necessity, not just for the region, but for, for the world at large. Absolutely, couldn't agree more. And besides the three things, technology, regulations, and investments, you pointed uh, towards a another very important aspect, talent. Uh, because this is a rather new industry uh, which started shaping up in the last three to five years mainly, finding right talent, committed talent with the kind of knowledge is so crucial to sort of take it to the next level here on. Um, and on that note, um, I would like to ask you, even though there has been tremendous growth in this space, what do you think are some challenges uh, that need to be navigated by these agri-tech concepts to sort of uh, create a robust roadmap for the future, a sustainable roadmap for the future? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a fantastic question because at the end of the day, in order to be uh, successful, you need to have a, a sound business model. You need to have operational efficiencies and you need to have a, a farm that is... Um, that is sustainable for the future, um, you know, even from a business model point of view. So I think the so I would say there's a few different things that we've noted over the, the, the last few years that um, are crucial. So number one is managing um, the cost of energy. So energy for most, um, you know, indoor farms, uh, hydroponics farms is the single uh, largest input cost um, and even though we, we do have an agriculture license, we get um, the same rates as industry. So the same as, you know, factories and things like that. We have the same uh, electricity and water rate. So um, the electricity side of things, um, that would be the single largest input cost. And that's, it's really important to, to find ways to manage that. 
um, you know, in, uh, while we, we kind of wait for the regulation to kind of um, amend to support farms. So in the meantime, one of the biggest things is what we've done is um, to incorporate solar, solar power, so solar energy into our space, not just from a sustainability point of view, but also from an economic point of view. It reduces your, your single largest input cost dramatically. Then the second is, um, you know, it's uh, even just when starting a farm, there's so many different elements you can automate. Um, and then there's so many that you can automate, but you don't need to automate. So understanding um, right off the bat, the things that are effective operationally and a cost effective to automate is very important because that will obviously affect your cash flows and your break even um, dramatically. And I would say that the third is what's really important is like product selection. So um, there are certain things that will never make sense to grow in, you know, a hydroponic system cost effectively. So um, any type of root vegetable, some herbs, you know, it's herbs, a few of the herbs are much more cost effective to grow uh, outdoor um, in, in open field uh, agriculture. Um, but then also some things we have to be cognizant of the fact that we do live in a desert and, you know, that does come with certain um, certain challenges and um, certain things like, for example, cucumbers, um, they're definitely much more cost effective to import from our neighboring countries than to actually invest the, the time and energy to grow them um, within the system. So um, I think it's just understanding the, the limitations of the system and, and playing to the strengths as well of the system. Absolutely. That's that's so critical to actually leverage um, the available technologies as well as the uh, resources to sort of create that balance, you know. Um, and on that note, my last question to you, Nikita, do you think agri-tech is actually the future of farming, especially in a world that is becoming more and more unpredictable and uh, volatile, if I may? Yeah, I mean, just take a simple thing of the global warming or water shortages globally. Like these are these are factors that are affecting uh, open field agriculture, and as a result of this, uh, many many open field agricultural practices will not be possible um, in the future unless you know we do devise and um, you know uh, popularize and reduce the cost of uh, many of the, the controlled environment ag agriculture technologies. So um, it's, it's not really a choice. It's gonna unfortunately have to be a necessity um, because of the way the world is going, the instability in the world, the um, uh, you know, rising temperatures, wa water shortages. So um, it's not just a Middle Eastern issue, it's a, it's a global issue. But, um, and also from the point of uh, cold storage, so cold storage and logistics infrastructure, even countries where that are, uh, that have an agriculture-based economy, um, the issue in many of those countries is having the correct supply chain and the cold chain infrastructure in order to transport these, um, these uh, you know, uh, perishable goods in a timely manner. So um, with all these factors, agri-tech by necessity has to be, um, you know, the, the next step uh, in this industry um, for, for many reasons. But um, from a cost perspective, from a viability perspective, um, as well as an efficiency perspective. Thank you so much uh, for joining us on the show and uh, sharing some incredible insights, Nikita. My pleasure. Thank you so much.
and thus it's a wrap of yet another insightful episode of disrupt x that wouldn't have been possible without the support of the team led by upasana barua to our beautiful audience thank you always for watching the show do follow us on social media send us your thoughts questions and feedback if you have a disruptive story please do share that with us and get featured in our did you know segment watch out and stay tuned for our future episodes under the impact series of disrupt x